This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the miniature podcast where we roll a die, uh, look at the number, and talk about a topic for that long. So, uh, you want to get started? I know, we've actually, this this uh, week, for some reason, we had a little bit more trouble than normal of uh, coming up with ideas, but I think we got some. Um, so the first one is, um, this will uh, have happened a little while ago in the earlier of the year by the time this comes out, but um, GW recently released a bunch of miniatures. Um, so Games Workshop usually does its models in uh, heroic scale, which means that their heads and their hands are too big for like a real person and they could look kind of goofy. Uh, other people consider that heroic. I guess they like their heroes being goofy. Um, watched a lot of Disney Channel, I guess, when they were young. Um, but I was looking at their new models, and specifically their vampires, and I and and their new models for their new, um, I guess, uh, Warhammer Quest series. Yep. And I was surprised because these models, like, there's the. They, so the ones I saw had a lot of hats and hoods on. So that usually yes. lets them keep the head size down. And gloves, mm -hmm. right? So their hands are going to be a little bit bigger. But basically, it looked almost true scale. And I was I was counting like the, the new Witch Hunter model. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a human, right? He's got and it was like one. seven, six and a half, seven feet, seven heads tall. And I looked at the vampires, and they're similar. And I'm like, oh, my God, they have true scale creep. Okay, so what's the question? Related? So my question is, do you think they're actually going through true scale creep or is this just a, a thing? And what do you think? Three minutes. All right, it's a good amount of time for that. I. So what I've been looking at lately mostly is Blood Bowl and a lot of that's recycled and Blood Bowl is meant to be goofy. So obviously the new sculpts they've done for that and their orcs don't go that way, but orcs are totally acceptable. So we don't need to judge based on that. But uh, the Sisters of Battle are one of the things that they've come out with lately, mm -hmm. uh, where they've redone a lot of the line. And with the Sisters of Battle getting taller, I think they were able to sort of keep the heads about the same size, but then their bodies grew. Am I right on that? Yes, they're definitely, there's definitely a step towards true scale. And it's been going on, I guess, for a little while. That's but one example yeah. that happened in this recent. The Primaris are another example where the, the head think, seemed the same and the body grew. Yeah, I think the Primaris actually are pretty close with the helmeted heads. The problem is the the they were sculpted in a way that the helmetless heads are the same size as the helmeted head, which doesn't make any sense, which means that the heads are necessary like the helmetless heads are necessarily too big. If you're gonna allow every if you're gonna make sure that your models are like stay this the same with the the same size head the thing with me though is that all of this like new plastic is monopose and it's not um it's like one miniature right like a lot of the, the games that we play so instead of being able to swap in the head in and out so it looks like they're scaling the head specifically for the models and trying to match the art more as opposed to matching the art and then making the head three times the size as the art and yeah. I, I was just surprised because I was looking at that and I'm like, this, if I looked at this from another range, I would say it's true scale. Did you see them? You're talking about the Warhammer Quest? The Warhammer Quest. And, and like I said, the, um, 
the witch hunter or I guess the vampire hunter, he has a big hat on, so you can't see see too much. So you can imagine that his head is the right size. Yeah, he's got you some... only see like I don't know his eyes and his nose, right? But mm-hmm. the vampires, and I know maybe the vampires that the hands are li- maybe a little bit big when you look a little bit closely, but they're or maybe it was just the pictures. If you if you look, there's a female vampire and she's just standing straight up. And she looks true scale. Yeah, I didn't examine that line too much because okay. it's not big in Age of Sigmar, but I don't recall them having huge proportions. I just recall them having really spindly, easy to break bits on them. Yeah, like arms, like arms and hands. That's what I'm saying. I'm just looking at that. I'm like, oh my God, these are true scale. And nobody seemed like, I guess I noticed because that's one of my big things, right? I freaking hated the fact that they were they're heroic scale, but I'm like, no one, no one models this doesn't fit the old aesthetic. They're actually saying, oh, this yes. Is- they're saying exactly. a lot like the art is what yes. I hear online. And yes, exactly. Like not just new art, but it looks like old art too. Yes, because literally that's one of the biggest things is they blew up their heads and hands for no good reason. And now everyone's like, and no one, and maybe it was like a, a conscious effort on GW's part to slowly do it because basically they've had this this like minorly heroic scale for maybe two years with the the primaris right and now it looks like the like the jump between the current basically true scale or close to true scale stuff and their old stuff would be too big but now because you had that transition where it was half heroic mm-hmm. maybe it's fine to go to true scale and do you think that that was a plan all along or do you think that's just like modern sculptors don't understand heroic scale so why would they sculpt it that way yeah I think it's just if they're, they're told to follow the art they'll follow the art it's probably just a natural evolution that they're trying to make the new stuff fit in with the old so they can only go so far once but Mm, but once the stuff is is its own product so it doesn't have to fit the rest i wonder yeah and if it's maybe it's just a natural thing that was our three so i think i think i was just i was just interested i might buy more stuff if they become heroic scale uh true scale i might actually buy a lot more games workshop stuff well, maybe on another one, we'll ask if we're going to buy Warhammer Quest, but not not yeah. today. Yep. All right. What's your question? All right. So on to, I guess, the thing about tradition. Mm-hmm. So because miniatures do have to go on bases, mm-hmm. they, they don't just, you know, stand up by themselves. Yeah. You've got to have the top of the base, which, okay, you know how to paint that. That's just painted for the environment. Then you come to the less realistic part of it, which are the edges of the base. Uh-huh. So what colors do you think are ideal for the edges of bases. All right. Three minutes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. For me, I always paint mine charcoal black. So not like black, black, but charcoal black is like a a dark gray, basically. Um, The reason being um, you don't want it to stand out too much, but so if it's, like black, black, it, it kind of, you know, creates a ring, uh, which is not bad, but it, it stands out too much. Whereas when you have a gray, it kind of fades through a little bit, but still makes it identifiable. And so we kind of filter out the gray, I, I find at least when you look at it. So, so but, you don't want to go with the janky old snake bite leather brown or the old green synthetic no. that used to be out there? I, I think it was fine um, before uh when you well when everyone played on green or brown 
but uh, to me, it, it almost like helps blend whatever color your base is because all my bases are generally brown or white or whatever, right? But then I do have the black ring to help separate and kind of just blend things in, at least for me. How about you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I thought of the question, I'm like, oh yeah, I should definitely be painting the edges of the bases like that. The sort of, because when you see lots of display models, you see black on the bottom and uh -huh. just most miniature makers have gone to that, the black. But I'm like, oh yeah, uh -huh. it should be charcoal black so it's not as jarring of a black i'm like oh i don't actually do that oh well <laughs> oh what color do you do i usually just go full-on matte black really yep even though i know i shouldn't so you 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 agree with me and apparently what most people do i don't even know i just started using charcoal black because i i used uh like black black before and it just didn't look as good yep and then oh. I switched to charcoal black and I thought it blended better when, when I was on the table. And you agree with that, but you don't do it. Yeah, when I thought of the question, I'm like, this is what I should be doing. <laughs> so it might change in the future. At the same time, though, your last set was was uh, clear bases, right? Or not exactly clear, like um, translucent clear bases. Yeah, I, right? frost, I frosted them to get rid of some of the glare. Yeah. And so I actually really like that for for less display like pieces i was it's almost better for playing do you think um i've got to play with them more because they haven't gone on the table much but i really like how they look how it looks like they're actually standing when they're when you've got a when you've got a cloth mat or a mouse pad uh -huh. mat anyhow the other idea was do you paint them to match the top but i think you actually you don't because the tops may be different between your army yep yeah okay well that's our that's our three on that one yep all right. Is that exactly three? Oh, well, with more stalling it is. All right. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going. Uh, next thing. So uh, again, I guess this is on the idea of just like uh, Games Workshop, and then also uh, War Machine. Um, now that we've been repurposing a lot of miniatures for a more like pure fantasy and almost uh, even ancient fantasy, so even like further back than medieval, um, I have uh, my question is, um, what do you think about guns in fantasy? Is that good or bad in general? Three minutes. Okay, I'll keep rolling this. I really don't like them, which I know it because I keep cutting them off miniatures. Yeah, fantasy. I mean, like there is the later, later area, later uh -huh. era, medieval, where they yeah. start some guns on the battlefield. But the era didn't last very long, for having your traditional armored troops combined with guns on the battlefield since the armor started being useless. So when you think of it historically, you realize that it, it kind of doesn't fit at all. And so once guns become more important, like swords basically started throw it, being thrown out of the window and the close combat units that people had was pikes. Mm -hmm. Basically it was just pikes and pike support. And when people think of medieval fantasy battles, they don't think about push of pike <laughs> with guns and, and everything, right? That's just not what people think about. So I guess historically accuracy though is not necessarily really important with fantasy, right? So like I can understand that the argument, like when we look at it historically, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's like a very thin slice, right? Yeah, I feel like at that point, you're like, am I playing with pirates here? If they've got sort of old school guns, like what am I, mm -hmm. what am I working with here? 
And why are they using swords and, and shields and heavy armor and all these kind of things once guns became a really big thing? Yeah, it feels like it's entered the historicals for me. It's not fantasy anymore. Yeah. So they, I don't. Like all of the armored people should be on horses kind of idea. Yes, if they want to have right. armor that deals with guns. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, I'd, I would generally actually uh, agree as well. I've also found that I think I got a lot into War Machine and I think it's it's basically this Victorian era kind of mishmash that people like, right? Because when people think about the past, there's kind of a mishmash between, uh, yeah, just Victorian era time and medieval time and it all and Renaissance that all just kind of get, gets mashed together. And guns are so ubiquitous in modern day. It doesn't see, it's still, the guns that people used before were, seem so primitive compared to the guns we have right now, right? Like an AK-47 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like people can think about it as uh, fantasy, but it really bugs me when you have a gun and then you also have people running around with bows and arrows. And is that supposed to be some sort of equivalency? Because. Yeah. And they don't make the guns require tons of time to reload. If it was some sort of old musket where you've got to pack the powder and then put the ball and yeah. everything else. Like the time when guns were actually being competing with arrows. Yeah. that they were. But the kind of bows were not the bows that you see in, in miniature games. Right. The well, bows that competed against guns were more like more. long bows and stuff that could shoot way far and like rain down on people as opposed to like short bows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which, which generally people think about when, well, well at least gameplay wise, maybe they, they hold super large bows, but that's how it is gameplay wise. I just feel like it's too jarring. Yeah. I, I cut and, them off. And two, and it's an example of technology, which I, don't want in fantasy basically you want to limit that kind of technological advance so that you don't have the stupid overly cliche technology versus uh i don't know fantasy and nature that they usually have basically magic becomes your technology and it becomes fuzzy and wonderful right yeah the, the world just seems to be less coherent when you have blacksmiths and then somehow you have like forges with more complicated boring equipment it's like okay so are these people in the same world to bore the gun versus the people who just have a blacksmith's anvil they don't yeah although there's definitely some overlap but it's just it's just too much and then the entire idea of black like black powder mixing in should be revolutionary mm -hmm. but it never is which is stupid to me especially well, since fantasy worlds are supposed to last like hundreds or thousands of years but that yeah, obviously wouldn't happen if there's guns. Years and then like a small 50-year window maybe of like yeah. you might bring a short bow against a musket. Yeah. All right. All right. So one last one then. So that was guns. So apparently we say guns bad. Don't put guns in your, your fantasy. Um, the last one. So no matter what we roll here, this is the last one. Um, he is uh, back arcs. So I've been thinking a lot about just, you know, like when, we, when we're talking about uh, the ministry game that we're, we're working on, there's no back arcs. And I've been thinking, like, why do we not want to put it in? It's really complicated, right? So my question is, uh, for back arcs, um, what's the biggest problem with it? And when do you feel like it's needed? Two minutes. So short and sweet. 
so I think it comes down to the type of game that you're creating. If you're creating a game that's sort of more around positioning your troops rather than maneuvering them, or I'm trying to describe this, if it's more about like the, the narrative of the people fighting each other, then it doesn't so much matter about which way the guy is facing. You're just like, oh, these two guys are having some sort of fight. And if it's less about shooting and where people are watching the game, then you don't need arcs. But if sort of controlling the board's all about where somebody is watching and the game's more of a shooting-based game than a melee-based game, okay. it's probably not worth wasting the time telling your players, okay, you've got to position your guy perfectly. Because if someone's rushing at him from behind, they're going to hear the footsteps in a small skirmish game and just turn around. Mm. Like you can have, you can deal with that mechanic by just having a team-up bonus because now someone can get up the guy's back, which makes mm-hmm. much more bluff-wise sense and doesn't waste all the time of having to tell your player, oh, you've got to turn your guy perfectly or he can't fight. So that's my that's my thought on where it should fit in. So so in skirmishes, just in general, it, be, it makes a lot less sense in general to be yeah. able to do that because of the scale that you're fighting at, especially on smaller boards. And especially um, when it's less shooting. With intensity. fewer people, yeah. I do f- feel like sneak sneaking up, the idea of like allowing people to flank, even on like individual people and sneaking up in melee, I think is it does increase your board positioning, which is an important kind of aspect to a game. Um, but it, I agree, it doesn't make as much sense when it when it's uh, like one or individual people. Um, and I guess the biggest problem though to me is literally that it's just fiddly. Even in close combat in, in, in uh, I think if you have a game like we we're talking about uh, skirmish games, right? If you have a skirmish game where someone can run behind them and then immediately attack them from behind, it doesn't make sense. But if you have some sort of solution that to that, it, it can actually be work even I think in melee games, as long as you're trying to emphasize that, you know, like the idea of outmaneuvering your opponent is important in your game. Yeah, okay. That's, that's yeah. pretty good general analysis of, where it belongs and where it doesn't all right well i'd like to go more in because i have a lot more thoughts about this but that i'll have to wait for another time uh because that's it so uh if you guys have uh any questions uh, oh thanks for listening uh if you guys have any questions uh feel free to uh ask them uh, on our facebook group or find us on um well facebook i guess that's basically where you can find us uh yeah exactly thanks for listening all right Bye.